Hey everybody, welcome back to View from the Top Podcast. This is Anigo Hill for the 29th of April, a Friday. I wanted to speak on the developments in Ukraine and NATO, but I want to start in Ethiopia, a country that um, I did do some coverage of last year, um, but I haven't in a couple months. Um, it seemed like the war itself was at a stalemate at that time. It, when it began to get UN and US attention, Blinken made a um, visit to the region. I think he went to Kenya, and it just seemed like the Tigray couldn't had advanced as as southward as they could. Um, and the Nobel Prize winning president there, um, running the running the country, seemed you know to get his his. Uh, his talking to from the uh, his uh, handlers that we need to you know wrap this up and uh, you know we need some type of uh, semblance of stability in the country. So regardless of what the Ethiopians want to do and the war they want to fight, there were, the outside forces of course have pushed. Hey, kind of like they're doing in Yemen now. So where are we now? Well. At the end of March, the government, which is run by, again, the president um, who had taken power in an election after the Tigray, who are in the north part of the country, had run the politics of Ethiopia for decades, or at least generations, 20-something years. Um So the Tigray region of the country had always been since then, during this guy's presidency, a place of um, separatism and, and, and just political instability. The people there were not getting the support, the funding that they expected or needed because the people – their political class, the Tigrays and the Tigray political parties, um, had pissed off the central government that is now in power and were the most recent opponents of that central power. So the war began. Uh, we had the civil war, and both sides blamed the other side for starting it. When we know the central government it advanced troops north to deal with the Tigray resistance force or whatever it's called T Tigray people's liberation front at the time. Well, on the 23rd, 24th of March, uh, the government declared a quote, indefinite humanitarian truce um, because of starvation in the Northern part of the Tigray part of the country. Um, they had said that, you know, we can't get supplies up there. It's because of the Tigrays fighting with us. And the Tigrays would say, you're not sending the, the, we would happily accept your, you know, your aid, but you're not letting it get up here. You know, the pointing fingers back and forth. So the next day, on the 25th of March, we have the Tigrays agreeing to the truce and agreeing that their people are starving. Uh, so the most updated news about a month later a couple days ago, an article came out saying that the Tigray uh, Liberation Forces had pulled out of the northern 
regions that they had um, occupied. So you see the green and the purple areas there directly south of the Tigray area in the north. Those were, I won't say under control, but they were occupied or at least um, there were Tigray forces within those regions. And that's really what started the talks of some type of um, resolution to this issue. So you see in the middle, in that little part in the country, south of the green area there is where the central uh, power of the, of the country is, where the capital is, surrounded by a different region, surrounded by other ethnic groups. So I'm hoping, and I guess everybody is hoping, that this will bring some kind of resolution to the, the, the area, at least in the short term. Um, and the supplies can get into the Tigray area of the country and people can get food and resources that they need. But it also brings into question long, little long-term or mid-term, what happens to Ethiopia? We've seen coups in countries all over the surrounding area. And I can't see that the Western powers that have so much um, influence and investment in Ethiopia are going to keep running with this guy that they came to the party with who now that he's instigated a war in his own country against some of his own people, regardless of their politics and what they did. Um, it just doesn't look good if you're trying to sell him as a Nobel prize winning, um, you know, peaceful candidate or peaceful leader. Who's uh, all about bringing people together. So, that's where we are now. Um, just good news. So I think we should uh, chalk this one up as a victory, headed into the weekend, and you know just see where we are um, next week, and hopefully this quells some of the issues coming out of that country. Uh, I mean, of course, I don't live there, and of course these won't go away. The cultural and social strife is going to continue, and I'm sure there's heated, 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 heated issues. But this uh, this truce at least keeps um, the Amer America and and us and NATO and all these other people that we've been talking about from seizing on a what they would see as an opportunity to get into that country and really you know throw it for a loop. So moving on to our buddies Ukraine and NATO. Um, so. The interesting thing going into May, we have, and I guess we should start with Ukraine. So where we are right now, um, not what the mainstream media will tell you, but where we really are right now in this war is, and can I move this map so I can, let's see, does this map move? No? Hello, Mr. Map? I guess not. There we go. Perfect. Okay. Let's do that. So the Russians are on to their next stage of their their war with uh, Ukraine. You know, if the Western media is telling you that the Russians have retreated, they've lost, um, and the weapons that we're sending to Ukraine will help in keeping the Russians out. What's really going on is we have the Russians pretty much warning the Ukrainians that they're going to take the entire south of the country and cut them off from any body of water. And we see that taking place near Maripol and Odessa now. 
is seen as a target. And then also, um, there is areas of Moldova, the Transnistria, I don't know if I'm saying that right, uh, there has been attacks and explosions in the last couple days in uh, this area in Moldova. And I guess I should bring a map of Moldova. We're going to get into this. Moldova map. Let's see what I can find. So Moldova, there is an area that is Russian-backed. I wouldn't say Russian-controlled, but Russian-backed in the same way that certain areas um, of Syria are U.S. backed or U.S. controlled, so there's there's troops there. I can't seem to find. Let's see if I can find a map. But in the meantime, so this is part of Russia's next move is see if they can cut off the since the Ukrainians will not and have no need or want because of their backing by the United States to um, come to some kind of agreement and admit defeat, uh, Russia has said that the next move within their their war strategy here is to cut off the southern part of the country um, and the eastern part of the country, of course. You know, Now people are saying, oh, well, they haven't taken the Donbass yet. It must mean they're losing. They don't need to. Uh, if they cut off Ukraine from the, the sea and they, um, so, you know, they um, bolster up their their presence in the western part of the country there in the south, Odessa, and like I said, um, in Moldova, and I, I found a map, let's pull it up, so just so you have an idea of what I'm talking about, so you can kind of picture. So he, you have Moldova. So Moldova, you see that there on the map of Ukraine, uh, it's the green area there in the south near Odessa. So on the eastern border of there, there is an area that is Russian-backed and Russian-controlled right there on the end. You're, you're seeing attacks into that area um, reported by the Russians. And why? Um, you know, these attacks are most likely coming from Ukraine, much like the attacks in, in Russia itself are coming from Ukraine, most likely with intel and operations materials from the United States to weaken Russia, which is now the admitted goal of this conflict. So in response to Russia continuing to expand its military footprint and win the war, um, we see a push for not just um, closer relations with Norway, Finland, and Sweden, and NATO, but now we have at least Finland and NATO, oh, sorry, Finland and Sweden saying that within the the month of May, they're going to request, um, uh, they're going to apply for citizenship, citizenship, for membership into NATO. So this is, so it's a chicken and the egg thing. Is this their response to Russia winning? Or was this always the plan? I believe it's always been the plan. It's always been something that's been pushed. Russia's already warned that if Finland and Sweden, or at, le at least Finland, joins NATO, they will deploy hypersonic and um, uh, nuclear weapons in response. Finland shares 800-mile border with Russia in the north there near St. Petersburg. 
Um, and if NATO's going to be littering their 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 border with missiles, I mean, it's insane that Russia wouldn't. So this is where we are. You have the United States continuing to aggress against uh, the Russians. I mean, there's no other way to say it. The Russians' invasion of Ukraine is not justified, but the reasoning is been established and makes rational sense if it's not justified, which it's not. Um, elsewhere, Germany is looking to ban all, gradually, ban... Um, Russian oil from the EU. So what this brings up, the question, the first question this brings up to me is, does the EU even survive these kinds of moves? You already have the UK out of the EU. I can't see these other countries going along with the suicide mission that Germany and some of these other countries are on. We already have four European gas buyers cave and pay in rubles for the natural gas. And now we're seeing more and more that countries like Hungary, um, and um, companies out of you know other European countries are making deals with gas with Gazprom, the major Russian uh, state, at least partially state-owned um, gas company, to set up accounts where they can pay in rubles or at least transfer from dollars into rubles and then purchase things like that. So you know where do we go from here? A, 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 I, I, it's a suicide mission that I think. NATO and the EU won't survive. Now we have Russia saying they're going to start backing their ruble with gold and commodities, which will, I mean, I, I can't even think about what that will do uh, to the economy. Um, but yeah, this is where we are headed into the weekend. At the same time, as we talked about the disinformation campaign uh, that's being rolled out now, uh, headed into the midterms, you know, they're going to crack down on information like this. Uh, or at least it's not even information. It's just repeating the same facts that they have. I'm just laying them out in a different order, giving you a narrative that makes rational sense and isn't based, based off lies and propaganda. Um, this is where we actually are as of today, to the best of my knowledge. And of course, it's hard to keep up with everything. But Russia continues to uh, win the war. And America continues to win the PR battle to to prop up Ukraine, sell more weapons, sell more arms. Um, but it's cracking. You know, we have Rand Paul going after Anthony Blinken, which was good yesterday. That was a good um, exchange the other day. I don't know if it was yesterday, but this week, where he called him out straight up saying, you know, um, like Russian ex NATO expansion is why this is taking place. George Kennan and other people have already pointed to this. This is not new. And then, you know, Blinken has to argue that point. So we're seeing cracks. And I'm hoping that by the end of the year, with the pressure that the American people are under with inflation, and I'm sure the coming political riots of the summer, um, they're not going to stand for this much longer, especially as they become educated about what's going on. Um, and that's why the crackdown's coming. But I, I don't see it working. All right, guys, so until next time, this has been an Ego Hill View from the Top podcast. You can check out this video on Odyssey, on YouTube still, and also on 3Speak on the High Blockchain. All my stuff and all my links are over at the WordPress. You can check out the link below, which includes all the links to everywhere. And um, enjoy your weekend. I will talk to you guys soon, and maybe I'll hop on if something, you know, 
interesting over the weekend, uh, prompts me to. But if not, I will talk to you next week.